0: Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is What Matters Most Now? Here's Bill What is most important? You ever wondered that? When you were in English class in college and the teacher gave you all those books you had to read. You remember that, right? Like 57 books. And you wondered, what's the most important thing in this? You might use something called the Cliff Notes, right? Because I didn't want to read the book. Just tell me what it's about. But the teachers were smart enough to know what the Cliff Notes said, and they always asked questions that weren't covered in the Cliff Notes to see if you really read the book. Because Cliff Notes weren't to tell you what the book really said, they were just there to help Yahoos like me that didn't get what the story was about. All right? Teacher signed to read this story, and you read this story, and you're like, it's about two people who fall in love. Teacher goes, No, it's about the cosmic battle of good and evil. Was she evil or was he evil? Because I missed that part, right? So the Cliff Notes were there to help people that just didn't get the deep, you know, us mathematicians that take everything literally. So, but sometimes we do the same thing when we come to Christianity, right? What's the most important part of Christianity? What do I have to take care of to make sure I get into heaven? And there's lots of things we can look at. If we look through the Bible, uh, we might think, uh, according to Corinthians here, it says now, and these three things remain. There is faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is what? Love. love. The Bible talks about love a lot, right? God is love. love your neighbors yourself. Maybe that's the most important thing. But if we look at the Bible a little bit more, there's other texts that says things like, be on your guard, stand firm in what? The faith. Be courageous, be bold. The Bible talks about faith a lot. Abraham had faith. We have the Hall of Fame of faith. Um, Daniel and the, his three friends and their faith that they had, right? And so um, we we might come to the conclusion that faith is the most important thing. But if we keep reading the Bible some more, we might come to the conclusion it's obedience. It says, For just as though the disobedience of one man many were made sinners, so through also the obedience of the one man many will be made righteous. Do you know the Bible says that you are saved by obedience? We always talk about grace. We always talk about love. Love but it's obedience that made you righteous. These are not my words. That's what the Bible says. I'm not making this up. This is what the Bible says. So you might think obedience is important. God wanted Noah to be obedient and build the ark. We have a whole Old Testament full of... Um, some of the Israelites, and when they were disobedient, and the trouble they got into, and God, God is big on obedience. So how do you know what is the most important thing? If you went by the amount that the Bible talked about it, you might come up, well, let's go back, you might come up with, it's stewardship, Did you know that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, one in every six verses talks about your money or your possessions? Out of the 29 parables that Jesus told, 16 of them, that's more than half, had to do with your money or your possessions. There are more texts in the Bible that deal with money and possessions than any other topic Far and away. In fact, money and possessions outdo love and faith. Now, is stewardship the most important thing? I don't know, God thinks. But I do know this. It's important. So you're going to have to decide what the most important is. I'm not going to answer that for you. Today's the day I'm not answering questions, apparently, so... um, (laughs) You just, you're going to have to make up your own mind on that. But stewardship is really important. We talked about stewardship last year. Um, if you want, I'm not going to go into the depth we did last year. We did a little three part series. If you want to review that, you can go to our website and look back in January of last year and you can see, um, some of our, our stories on, our sermons on that. But, you know, stewardship is important. We live in a consumer society where we buy things, we use them, and we throw it away. We don't take care of it. We use it up. I remember at one point um, I went out and rescued a 1976 GMC pickup truck from a farmer's field where it was sitting and dying a slow and painful death. And so I got a big flatbed truck to come out and pull it out of the farmer's field, hauled it out to my wife's parents' house because they lived kind of close by, and unloaded it in their yard. You should have seen the look of horror on my in-law's face. Why would you do such a thing? Right? You don't take old cars and fix them up. You get rid of old cars and you buy a new car. I like fixing up old cars, especially trucks. I think that when they saw the final product, they were pretty happy with what had happened. But it was hard for them to see that at the beginning because all it looked like was an old truck. Because we don't live in that kind of society. We buy things, we use them up, we throw them away, and we go get the next better one. Right? Right? Cell phones. My cell phone's like six months old. I need a new one, right? So we don't do stewardship real well, but stewardship has a couple different different components to it. A lot of times when we talk about stewardship, we think all about the money. We think all about the possessions, but stewardship is so much more than that. And we're just going to quickly cover a couple of those other things this morning. So the first one is our stewardship of time. Right? Stewardship of time. How many of you here are too busy? You guys are like lying to me. Because I asked you guys to do stuff, and you're just like, I'm too busy. But like six of you raised your hands. Now let's be honest, how many of you are too busy? That's better, yeah. There's 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 just always stuff to do, right? And there's something at work, or there's something at home, or the kids got to do this, or there's a family birthday party, or just on and on and on and on and on and on and on. We're too busy. How much time do you spend staring at your phone, scrolling through Facebook or YouTube or whatever? Right? Hand's going to get repetitive stress syndrome from just scrolling. You know that the Bible talks about the stewardship of time, and it's so important it made the top ten. Right? It's one of the ten commandments. The fourth commandment, right? You guys know this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner resting in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven, earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day, and the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. How many times in those three verses is the word day used? Count them up. Seven? I counted six, but it might be seven. I, maybe I miscounted. I thought it was six. <laughs> it's like I think it's six times. Six times. In three verses, the word day is used. How much of your time does God want? One out of how many days in a week? Seven? A little math class? That would be... One-seventh. Yay for Philip. One-seventh of your time. It doesn't say, you know, remember the Sabbath hour. Lord, I made it to church. I'm done. It says day. Twenty-four hours. Now, that doesn't even include the rest of the week when you might do quiet time, or read the Bible, or pray, or be involved in a ministry of some kind, right? So you're looking at more than one-seventh of your time. That's a, that's a big commitment. That's a big commitment. But that's what God has asked us to do for that. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things, and, you know, we all just talked about how busy we were. We said it's hard to do all these things. Listen, Humans have an inab- just an innate ability to make time for what's important for them. If you think it's important to take a shower, you will find time to take a shower today. If you think it's important to have supper, you will find time to eat supper. If you think it's important to go to your nephew's third birthday party, you will be at your nephew's third birthday party. We have an innate ability to do it. So the question I'm going to leave with you is, what are you making important in your life as far as how you spend your time? Another part of stewardship is the stewardship of myself. We don't often talk about this so much. We need to be good stewards of ourselves. The Bible says, to love him with all your heart, with all of your understanding, and with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as what? Yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Loving your neighbor as yourself. What does that imply that you must do to yourself? Love yourself. Now here it's real easy for us to get off track because we all have that friend that maybe loves themselves a little bit too much. Don't want to go there. We also have friends that just apparently hate themselves. Well, that's not healthy either, right? So this is a tough one sometimes to keep our balance on. But we need to, to take care of ourselves. We need to make sure we're eating right. We're getting some rest and relaxation. We're going on vacation. We're not just a workaholic, okay? I know some of you are looking at me going, Bill, you don't understand. For me, this is vacation, This is what I love to do. Work. uh, If I could retire, I would. But, you know, the tax man still wants money, so I have to still work. That's what I get tired of doing. This is fun. So, yeah, I know. I'm weird. It's always been that way. But, you know, that's... That's what we need to do. We need to take care of ourselves. You can't love other people if you don't love yourself. It's impossible. We can act like it. We can fake it. But you cannot love others if you don't love yourself. Very important. Very important. But the, the biggest thing I want to talk about here is the stewardship of our possessions and our money. But before we do that... I, I want to tell you a story. Before I tell you the story, i got to explain something to you so that you guys understand this. Anybody here know what a grain elevator is? Two of us, okay. This is what grain elevators look like. You've probably seen them. if you've been out in rural parts of the country, you drive around, you see these big, tall buildings. Like, what are those? Those are grain elevators. This is where the farmers take their grain And the grain can be put into different bins. And if you look inside a grain elevator, I don't know how well you can see that. Oh, pretty good. There's lots of different things that come on. On the bottom left side, you can see there's a a truck dumping stuff in. It gets pumped up the top. There's all these bins in there. So they can put wheat in one side, barley in another. They can separate all the grain out they can put it into train cars to go away for processing they can ship it back around into trucks so if you wanted to you could say I grew all this wheat take it down to the grain bin and say I'd like to convert that all to barley and they'll give you barley okay? and what happens a lot of times in farm country is a farmer might grow something and he either sells that crop or if he wants to go back and feed his cows he might bring his wheat down get that mixed with other grains and other nutrients, and, you know, take that home instead. So the grain elevator can do all this. It's very important in rural parts of the country. You have to have a grain elevator. It's how the farmers sell everything, okay? So in this rural neighborhood, there was a a small church, and the treasurer had um, retired. The church was looking for a new treasure. And they didn't know who to ask, and they went around. And finally they decided to ask the operator of the local grain elevator. He was a businessman in the community. Nearly everybody did business with him. He was trustworthy. Um, They all liked him. And so he said, well, let me go home and think about it. He comes back, and he says, okay, uh, I'll take the job under two conditions. Number one, there will be no financial reports for the first year. At the end of the year, I'll give you a report of what's happening, but during that first year, there's no financial reports. They said, that's kind of weird. And he said, number two, no questions during the first year. I will answer everything at the end of the year. The board thought about that. They thought it was kind of odd, but they said, you know, we trust this guy. We all do business with him. He's lived here his whole life. We know him. All right, we we agree. So the year went by, and at the end of the year, everybody's anxiously awaiting his report. And when it came out, it was some pretty good news. The church debt of over $200,000 had been paid off. The minister had gotten an 8% raise. The uh, world uh, missions offering was paid 200%. And they had over $11,000 in the bank. And the church was just ecstatic. I said, How did you do this? This is amazing. He said, Well, it was very simple. He said, Most of you do business with me at the grain elevator. I just took your 10% out and gave it to the church in your name. And you never even noticed. Oh, my. Oh, my. See, because we know the text that we always trot out, you know, when it's time to talk about stewardship of our possessions and money in Malachi, right? Bring how much of the tithe? The whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room uh, room enough to store it. We know that. We hear that. People say that all the time. But do you believe it? Do you believe it enough to act on it? Because that's the hard part. It's easy to say, I believe, right? Some of us that are sports fans, we might believe in our team. We know they're going to lose, you know, against certain other teams, right? I love my Clippers, but when they go to play the Warriors, the Warriors just kill them every time. Do you believe enough to act on it? Because, you know, when we talk about giving 10%, you know, that's, that's a lot. How do you do that? I want to take just a moment today to um, talk about our tithe envelopes. Pull out your tithe envelopes. We do this from time to time. Because I want everybody to know where the money goes. I don't want any doubt. So some of you have heard this before, and that's okay, just bear with me. But a few of you, this may be news. So that top line is tithe. 10% is what we recommend. That's what the Bible says. 100% of that that you give leaves this church and goes to the conference. We don't spend any of that money here. So if all of us paid tithe and nothing but tithe, this church would close because none of that money stays here. Okay. That money all goes to the conference and that's used to pay the pastor's salary. That helps with the schools. That helps with the missions. That helps pay all the people that work at the conference. Um, the Pacific Union, the North America Division, on and on. That's the, the money that does the work of the church, okay? But it doesn't stay here, okay? The next section you see there are local church funds. That's the money that stays here. That's the money that helps us pay utilities, pay somebody to clean, pay somebody to mow the grass, buy tithe envelopes, you know, just all the stuff that we have to do, Okay? And then conference funds go to the conference, and the world mission funds go up to the world church. So, you know, we've covered that before, but I always want to be clear where the money goes. I want there to be any doubt. When you put loose offering into the basket, it goes to church budget. So anything that's not designated, if you put a $100 bill in an envelope and stuff it in and don't mark, it goes to church budget. So I want everybody to know where the money goes. And we do a report on the money and where it goes. But we've got good news today, because a lot of you have been asking to pay on this thing. So I want you to get out your cell phones. We don't do this very often in church, but today it's okay. Get out your cell phones, and I want you to go to either the App Store or the Play Store, depending on whether you're Android or, or... That other guy. Just a little shade for my friends there. And I want you to search for something called Adventist Space Giving. There should be an app in there called Adventist Space Giving. And you can download that app to your phone. And the rest of it I'm not going to walk through with you. Um... But you can um, see that here. So I don't know how fast that's downloading for you guys. We're probably killing the play stores. We all try and download it at the same time, huh? No room on your phone? Time to delete something, Sergio. This is actually the same as the online. So if you've been doing the online on the computer you can use your same account and everything in your app, okay? So once you get that downloaded, you've got to make an account if you don't have one. You've got to pick a church. Hopefully you'll pick this one, but you could pick any church. And then you're going to see something that looks an awful lot like the tithe envelope. It's got lines and stuff, and you can pay your tithe and your offerings right on your phone, Okay? Yeah, we're getting with like 1998, okay? The good news about this is, um, you know, when you do online checking or banking, there's fees that come with that. Um, The church has... um, What's the word I'm looking for? They've uh, done some... uh, bargaining and gotten a low rate because we're a church so it's all going to charity so they've they've negotiated that's the word i'm looking over they've negotiated some low rates now you can pay with a credit card or you can pay with what they call an e-check which tends to be just your direct deposit they prefer the direct deposit because the rates are lower but i know some of us like to use our credit card because we get miles or points or whatever but if you use you know from a direct deposit Um, The rates are lower, and the church gets to keep more of the money. But the way this is working right now, if you give $100, the whole $100 comes in. They don't take out the 3% or whatever the percentage is. So this is cool. Now, the, the advantage of this is that when you're sitting at home working on your bills on Wednesday night or whenever it is you do it, and you decide you want to pay your tithes and offerings, you can do it right there. You don't have to wait. You go on vacation and say, oh, I forgot to pay my tithe. You can still do it. Anytime, anywhere, day or night, you know, whenever it's convenient for you. The weird part for me is that once you start doing this, then you come to church, and when it's offering time, you're like, I already did that. I'll get used to it. I'm, I'm one of the few dinosaurs that still writes checks. So... Um, there's a couple other dinosaurs out there shaking their heads, yes, okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, I, again, I just want you guys to be aware of where the money goes. We want to be as transparent as we can about how that works and where it goes. If there's any questions ever, please ask me about that. Because, um, like I said, we just want to be as clear as we can be on that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's important for us to follow what the Bible says and the things that God has asked us to do to be stewards of our time, to be stewards of ourselves, to be stewards of many other things that we didn't even cover. Taking care of the planet, taking care of the people around us, taking care of our children, taking care of a lot of things. Stewardship is the premier topic in the Bible. And so the question I'm going to leave with you this week is to look around and see what could you be a better steward of that's in your life every day? Your family, Your finances, your time. I I don't know what it is. But I bet there's something that could use a little more stewardship. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, please be with us, Lord. Help us to understand the importance of taking care of the things you've given us, Lord. They're not ours anyway. We don't get to keep them our whole lives. Someday, Lord, we, we die and somebody else gets it. Somebody else has to care for it. The stuff of the world is just not that important, Lord. Help us to focus on the things that make an eternal difference. How we spend our time, how we care for the people around us, Lord. The money helps do that, Lord. It helps make it possible for missionaries to go out and do their thing, and evangelists, and for churches to exist. And, And we appreciate that, Lord, and we want to support those things. But help us to remember, Lord, that those things are not as important as the people that you've put here for us, Lord. Help us to be good stewards of them as well. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.